Welcome back, everyone. I am really excited because I have a wonderful interview for you all coming up. It's with the lovely Becky Flowers, and she is the owner of Relentlessly Fit, which is an online personal training, nutrition, and mindset coaching company with a mission to empower their clients in and out of the gym to pursue the highest version of themselves. But not only that, she's also a homeschooling mama of three, a wife, a dog mom, and she's currently training for her first NPC bikini competition. So welcome to the show, Becky. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to have you. It's been amazing to get to know you and now interviewing you. I know that all my listeners are going to find really powerful value from you. So to start us off, I would love to you for you to just give us a little context on where you're from and how you grew up and where you live now. Sure. Um, all right. Well, I am from the Midwest like you. Yep. <laughs> um, I grew up in the suburb of Chicago. So I always say that we don't claim the city because we live <laughs> so far out, but I grew up technically it's a suburb of Chicago. So lived in Illinois my whole life, kind of went away to school. I was in Minnesota for school and then I'm back here. I'm now further out from the city. So we're kind of in the country. My town has 600 people in it. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And now I'm just, I'm just doing life out here. That's awesome. I can relate because I come from, it's, it's called a village. So the village of Rochelle and it's like 500 people. So yeah, lived out in the country. So not directly in the village, but I can totally relate. It's, you know what? I love it because I have three kids. I just, I love that everyone knows everybody and I can send them down to the park and not worry. Exactly. Exactly. Being in the country is the best living. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. So give us a little bit of background on what your childhood looked like in regards to health and fitness, because today you are into fitness, hardcore, um, into nutrition, into mindset, and really developing the best version of yourself. So tell us what your childhood looked like and how you came to where you are now? This is such a good question. I grew up active. I was actually homeschooled growing up as well, um, up until high school. So we were always out. My mom was really, she was a tomboy at heart. So we were always on the go. It was me, my sister and her, like we were the three musketeers all the time, (laughs) always, always outside. Um, but I grew up very active. I did, um, dance. I actually Mm. Irish dance growing up. Wow. Um, and then I did track in high school, but I really was kind of always exposed to nutrition through my mom. She was very, I wouldn't say she was very holistic. She was just very, um, she focused on the nutrients that she Mm -hmm. gave to us and didn't really fall into the the nineties. I I'm a eighties baby. So the (laughs) nineties version of foods that weren't that great. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) but that, I mean, that was, that was kind of my, my childhood. And then I was a track athlete in high school Mm. and going into college, I kind of lost all of that. So, Mm. and another thing growing up that really impacted me going into this field is my dad had type two diabetes that he never took care of. Um, he had me older in life. My parents have a 20 year age span. So he was Mm. 45 when I was born and he was really going downhill fast during Mm. my childhood. Um, and I just saw the impact that not taking care of himself had on me, my family and himself, his body. Um, so that really 
played a role in me wanting to pursue health and fitness. Definitely. That's crazy. So it sounds like, you know, it just kind of was a part of who you were growing up. Once you hit college, I feel like college age, you kind of finding your own way and certain things fall off. So what really catalyzed into you getting back into it and getting back into it even more hardcore? I mean, for one, your dad's health was probably a big inspiration. Um, was there any like trigger points or certain trials you went through that came to that point? Yes. So the, my dad's health was big. I actually, we lost him when I was 26. Um, so that was a big wake up call. But prior to that, um, just, you know, going through college partying and, mm-hmm. and all of that, I actually ended up, um, getting pregnant at 21 with my son. And then I ended up getting pregnant again with my daughter at mm. 25. So just having these little humans that are now relying mm. on me and I had just lost my dad and I saw the effects of not taking care of yourself had, mm. I kind of dove into it a little bit. Um, and then I had my third daughter or my third child um, at 30. And that's when mm. I really was like, okay, Becky, you, you got to mm. get yourself together. We, we got to mm-hmm. do better for these kids. Totally. That's, that's a huge challenge as to like, okay, I need to do something now because I have these little, little human beings that are depending on me to have a healthy lifestyle because they don't know anything starting out. And it's on you, on the parent to instill that in them. So it's really cool that you took that charge when you realize like, okay, I have to do this for them, not only just me, but them as well. Um, and so it sounds like you have quite a bit of a journey transitioning from like age 21 to where you are now. And I know that faith is a really big part of your life. So could you tell us a little bit about like that 10 year span and what happened and, um, just what you went through, what you learned and how you ended up growing closer to God through the whole thing? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I feel like it's more of like a 15 year span. I'm going to be 35 next week. Okay. And- <laughs> I-, I had no idea. Cause you look like 28. <laughs> oh, well, good. good. Um, but I, I really, it started about when I was in my twenties, probably 19 to 20, I started just losing my way. I actually went to a, um, Baptist college, my first year of college. Yes. And they made us sign a covenant that we would not drink. And I left that because I just, I went a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I almost had this feeling of guilt because I was raised, um, I was raised Christian. We were raised Mm -hmm. believing in, in Jesus and, um, just really had a strong faith. I wouldn't even say I was raised going to church because it was really just an everyday thing for us. Um, yeah, but I then just completely deviated from that and Mm -hmm. went the opposite way. Like I I feel that so many, so many of us do that. Um, but after having my son and just feeling like I'm now a single mom and Mm. having that guilt and shame of, um, sex before marriage and all Mm. of that, I really just kept pushing myself farther and farther away from my faith. Mm. And, um, really in the last year or two, I really have just dived back into it and kind of just open myself back up and just am able to say, just repent for, for what I've done. Cause it, that's the hardest part. Yeah. You, you don't want to accept that this was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just really finding my way and finding grace through all of that. Mm -hmm. And it has been the best thing ever. I can't Mm -hmm. believe that I spent the last 15 years Mm -hmm. running from that because it's, it's everything. (laughs) That's amazing. I, that's so beautiful. And, and I think a lot of people, a lot of women specifically, you know, have, they carry the shame that they didn't measure up in this area or didn't do the best in that area or failed in that. And so we carry a lot of shame and guilt around that and realizing, you know, as believers that, you know, God forgives us and that he has grace on us if we are a child of his. And so it's, it's not always easy. It's so much easier said than done. And I know that I struggle with like realizing that and repenting where I'm like, I'm clean. Like I'm a child of God and he looks at me as perfect. And it's like, but I'm not. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. So knowing this last year and a half, you know, you've, you've dove back into it and you've realized like, I'm living for God and that's what I want to do. Making that decision. What are some of the things that you've instilled into your life and practices to just get back to that? And also, you know, rewire your mindset to realize, you know, there is grace on, you know, your past and you don't have to carry that guilt and shame. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that I've done, it's just been a lot of inner work. So a lot Mm -hmm. of journaling, um, just getting back into the Bible has been huge. Um, and just taking it piece by piece, not taking a full Mm -hmm. chapter, just a a few verses and really just kind of dissecting it and, and praying over it. Um, and I think finding good people Mm. in my circle has been huge too. finding people that do value faith and do want to have the deeper conversations, um, has Mm. been such a game changer for sure. And has it been a struggle to find those people in your life? Because I know, you know, if you move or you're in a different location or you haven't made friends and where you are, like as myself, it's just like, whoa, finding people to like latch onto and be like, okay, these are the people that I want continually in my life. What does that look like for you and that journey? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's been a hard one, especially because I live in such a small town mm-hmm. and I, in the last 15 years, I put myself in a circle that they prioritize mm. drinking and just things that I don't want to prioritize anymore. Mm-hmm. So it has been a struggle, especially to find people in person in my community right. that will fulfill that. Um, totally. I'm actually still looking for that. So yeah. I'm, I don't really have that in person, but mm. um, like meeting you through the yeah. Evolve X retreat and just putting myself in those situations mm-hmm. has really helped. Totally. And it's like, you know, at the moment, if you don't have it locally, it's like having it at least people in your life that whether they're virtual or long distance or whatever is something to at least have. And that's so important. And that's just as, you know, good. Yeah. You don't have the proximity, but it's just as good as being able to have those people in your community, like one, like right there. So exactly. um, We're, we're in the journey together, girl. (laughs) (laughs) We're making it through. We're making it through. So All right. Let's dive into the fitness side. You are such a diehard. And one thing I noticed about you meeting you in person, getting to know you a little bit more is that you are so committed and you're so strong to do what you strongly believe in. And one of those things is like maintaining your health through fitness and um, discipline in regards to nutrition. So 
knowing you're well-versed in understanding the fitness game, including workout routines, counting macros, nutrition, how to develop good habits around all of that. Let's start with like what it looks like to construct a workout block. Like what are the basics to that? Because I know that you're an expert in this area. Yeah. Um, I think it would really, first you would have to tell me your goals. Mm. Um, cause I really, when I, when I'm working with my clients, I want to make sure that it's something that is going to work for them. So mm-hmm. I don't just throw workouts out there. Um, but basics, I would first decide, okay, how many days can you realistically make it to the gym? Or are you going to have to work out at home? What, what does it look like for you? Mm-hmm. Once you decide that I would say hit at least three, if not four, Mm. you don't have to go all seven days, but let's say that you're doing four days. Then I I break it down by muscle group. So Mm. you could have an upper body day, glutes day, uh, back and shoulders day, whatever your, whatever your goals are. I really focus on strength training. So that's kind of where I, I will write my workouts for my clients and for myself. So Mm. Yeah. I don't know how helpful that was. No, that's super helpful because I think like understanding the why behind it and the goals you have, like that's going to guide everything else. And if you don't know that you're just literally doing stuff without any idea of like the purpose behind it or, you know, the next step that you need to take is you're just going blind. So I think that's so important. Like you were saying. Yes. And I will say, Um, it's very, very cool to see the Instagram workouts and Mm. they seem so crazy and so fun, (laughs) but the basics work, just focus on the basics, focus on just upping your, your weight, your reps, just it's called progressive overload. So you just want to focus on that, focus on your mind, muscle connection, your form, and you are going to see results. Don't, Mm. don't get blindsided by the shiny things. Totally. <laughs> and one thing I know is like, as I start to do more and more strength training, it was like the scariest part for me was the form because like, yeah, I can see all these different videos, but what if I'm not doing it right? And I know that when I worked out with a few of you guys at Alpha Land, like just switching my form, the littlest bit made all the difference. And I was like, Whoa, these weights went from like, not that bad to like, these are actually really heavy. And I actually feel like I'm doing something. So yeah. What, what are some tips that you normally give when it comes to, you know, getting better at form? Obviously, if people work with you, they're going to be able to have your coaching expertise to like critique in those areas. Um, but for someone that's just like, I don't know where to start. How do I begin? What, what would you say for that? Yeah, um, I would say get comfortable filming yourself because mm. it's really hard to see your form. Even if you're looking in the mirror, you're, you're going to throw up your form if you're looking in the mirror. Um, <laughs> So get comfortable filming yourself so you can look back on it. Hmm. it. Obviously, if you have a coach, send them videos or work with them in person. It, invest in a personal trainer, even if it's once a month, you're hmm. working with someone in person. Um, that'll help your form. Mm-hmm. But I think just being being a student of of your, right. and I don't want to say your craft, but just of what you're you're wanting to do is going to help too. So you'll learn how I'm going to tuck my chin with a deadlift or your, how you're going to focus more on the muscle that you're pulling or yeah. Yeah. And it really shows, you know, someone can do this all on their own. And obviously there are people that have, and they became a student to what they were learning. Um, but it also does show the importance of like, if you're kind of like a fish out of water, 
having a coach and the importance of having someone critique you and push you. Like you could think that you're pushing yourself, but once you have a coach realizing, whoa, I didn't do enough reps here, or I didn't spend enough time there and I was doing it all wrong. Like I wasted literally all the time I was working out because I didn't even realize it. And so a coach can be so valuable. Yes. Yes. And if you can't afford a coach, find a friend or even somebody at your gym that seems super nice or has a face that you can approach and just ask them. Cause I'm telling you 90% of the people look like they have an RB RBF, (laughs) but they are going to help you. Yeah, totally. It's, it's actually very surprising where they seem really tough and then you ask them and they're like, the nicest person ever. And you're like, Whoa, you're just in your mode when you're, when you're working out. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to like knowing the different areas to focus on throughout the week, you know, do you want to focus on a certain area, like two days in a row and then switch, or do you want to like switch it up the next day? Is there like an expertise to that? Or does it not matter as much as I think it might personally, what I'll do is I'll do upper, lower, upper, lower just so Mm. that I give myself more time to recover, especially from those lower days. Yeah. Because that's when we're going to be working harder. We're going to be pushing heavier weights. We're probably going to be a little bit more sore. That's how I like to do it. Yeah. Space it out. That's cool. And how important is recovery? And what does that look like for you? Because I know for myself, I feel like I'm not like working hard enough if I take a rest day to recover. And then I'm also like, well, what should I do for a recovery day? Like, it's not just laying around. What is, what does that look like? What's the importance behind it? And then what do you do? Yeah, it is so important. So we actually, our muscles recover and build while we sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and not just when we sleep, but when we are in a REM state. So that's when our muscles are going to be recovering. Um, so we need that tells us our body needs rest. Um, so rest days are so important, just not only to, to help your body recover, but for that muscle building, Mm -hmm. but you, you did hit on something where you don't want to just sit around on your couch all rest day. (laughs) So definitely make sure you have a movement goal on top of your strength training. Um, Mm -hmm. I give all of my clients just, even if it's 15 minutes of walking every single day, because a lot of us, we are very sedentary. We, we sit in front of a computer all the time. If you're not making yourself get up and move, you're probably not. Mm-hmm. So even on those rest days, when you feel like you worked a butt off all week, get, get outside, get some sunshine and walk. Totally. So that's what I, that's what I do. And I do yoga too on my oh, um, nice. recovery day, the stretching I'm sure. And you're still like working your muscles too. So it's like getting yes. them warmed up and also stretching them out to like help with the recovery. I bet is really awesome there. Yes. Yes. And prioritizing stretching before and after your workouts, Mm. we don't want to hear it, but you really activating those muscles before you start, especially on like your glute days Mm. where we, us girls, we, we want the booty. Um, So (laughs) activating those glutes before you go in, is just going to help your mind muscle connection more, but Mm. it's also going to help your muscles warm up. So you're not going straight into, to a hip thrust out of waking up in the morning (laughs) and they're like, you're, you're doomed if you do that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. And now it's, yeah, I don't know. Man, back in the day, what we didn't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh man. And do you use a roller at all? And if so, like, what does that help with when it comes to your muscles? I am so bad at this. I have a roller. (laughs) Um, I will use it maybe 
I don't even know, once a month. <laughs> um, but it it is really good. You, yeah. you should be foam rolling. It's really yeah. just going to help you get into those those muscles that you really can't get to when you're okay. just static stretching. Got it. That makes sense. Cause I, I have one too. And I use it every now and then just because I see people like, Oh, like roll for recovery. And I'm like, okay. And like, and I don't even know if I'm doing it right, but like, I think this is helping. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would say if you're doing it and you're not sure YouTube, YouTube yeah, it. Sure. Yep. It's awesome. so true. That's so true. YouTube's everything right now. Um, including fitness workouts. So if people are like, I don't know what to do. It's like, come on. Like you don't really have excuses because there are so many resources. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's so many free resources. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, so also one area of expertise that you are in is like nutrition, counting macros. And I know that if people want to reach their fitness goals, it's actually makes so much more of a difference than people even know. And so it's like, Oh, I work out so I can eat whatever I want. Um, but if you're like, want to work out to meet a certain goal, then it's, you're going to have to start looking at, you know, what you eat. And so I'd love to know your take on why counting macros matters for one's fitness journey. And then we'll dive into like how to do that. Yeah. Well, I like macros just because I feel like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So if you're just always consuming these foods and you don't know what a portion size actually looks like, or mm-hmm. how many calories are actually in that soda that you're drinking every oh, single yeah. day, um, those add up. So mm-hmm. it really just puts things front and center for you where you have to track it and you have to yeah. see what you're consuming. Um, so that's why I like it. And I also like it because we can really tailor it to the person's goals Mm. and really make sure that they are eating enough because most of us, while we think that we might be overeating, a lot of us are under eating, especially when we go into like a dieting phase, Mm. our our brain, we we grew up in that age where it's 1200 calories. That's Mm. what a, a female eats. And most of us are eating so much more than that. And yeah. we need to eat so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I really like, I really like calories and macros just so that we can see that. And I used to never like that. I, it kind of like, I, I still feel weird saying that because I used yeah. to be so like anti, I don't want to count calories. I don't want right. to do all this and it doesn't matter, but it does mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It does. How have you seen it make a difference in, you know, your fitness and, you know, you want to be competing very soon. How has that made a difference for yourself? It's been the biggest game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of in the mindset, how you said earlier, where I work mm-hmm. out so I can eat whatever yeah. and just focusing in on the foods that I'm actually taking in and how that shows up on my outward body is, mm-hmm. is crazy. I mean, there's a difference while the calories of a donut and the calories of chicken breast, they might be the same, how you're going to feel after you eat that, or how you feel, um, how your physique looks after eating that chicken versus a donut is so much different. Um, so I think just focusing in on the foods that I am consuming has made such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Upping my protein intake has been such Mm -hmm. a big difference, especially with building muscle and, um, I don't, it's just, it's kind of changed everything. Totally. I, and I hear a lot of people say the same thing too. Like when I was at the retreat and I believe it was like one of the girls was just like, you know, 
it totally makes all the difference. And, you know, I took my fitness journey from this level to all of a sudden this level now, because mm-hmm. I've noticed a change just from counting macros. And, and I think like you were saying too, it's so important to realize, like when you say counting calories, like that's great, but also realizing the nutritional value behind the calories. So like, you know, you can meet your 1200 mark with, you know, just donuts, or you can meet your 1200 mark with nutritional foods that are going to replenish your body and build muscle versus bloat you and totally destroy your body. Exactly. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what you are consuming. And I think tracking also allows you to see how your body responds to certain Mm. things, because just because someone does really well, your, your friend down the street does really well with ground beef. Yeah. When you eat it, maybe your body feels a little bit different, a little bit off and you feel more, um, more blow. Right. Exactly. And ground beef is probably a bad, bad example, but (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but there are some people where it's like when they eat red meat, they're just like, Oh my gosh, my stomach feels so off. So, uh, I, I get that. Um, what are some of the calculations that you use when it comes to counting macros and figuring out what one's person's macros should look like? Yeah. Um, so it's going to, Again, it's going to be based on their goals, but just an overall, if you are not working with a coach and you wanted to calculate your macros, there are so many online calculators that you can use. Mm. Um, and what I would always make sure of is that you are doing, I say within a a pound of your goal body weight or your current body weight, just depending Mm. on what your goal is and where your body weight currently is. Um, yeah. So that of protein, I'm sorry, of protein so that you are hitting that protein goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say for my clients, when you first start tracking macros, focus on the overall calories and the protein, the carbs and fats are going to, we're going to find our way in there and we're going to fine tune those. But when you first start tracking, so you don't get mm-hmm. overwhelmed, it's just calories and, and protein. So yeah. I would say, find a good online calculator. You can find them anywhere. And, um, you can always reach out to someone too, and just say, Hey, this is what the online calculator gave me. Is this, is this right? Right. Yeah, exactly. That makes so much sense. Like, I know that was a big thing too. When I talked to you at the retreat, I was just like, I'd love to know a little bit more about it because like knowing if the calculation is correct and, you know, tailoring it to each person's body and knowing like also genetics, like some people actually require more protein than maybe they would think. Um, based on their body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Your, your industry is so interesting <laughs> and I would love to like dissect that more, but right. it really does make a difference because some people are going to do really good with higher carbs. Some mm-hmm. people are going to be better with lower carbs. It's not a across the board thing. So right. yeah, exactly. It's so true. Like it's, it makes all the difference. And I like really when I started like counting more of what I was eating, I realized how little of carbs I was actually eating. And I'm like, Whoa, I don't think that's actually a good thing. And once I upped my carbs, I just felt so much better. I had so much more energy. Um, and so it just makes all the difference when you count because you really see what you're actually eating and the actual metrics, like, you know, your saturated fat to omega threes, like, what does that ratio look like? That was another thing that I had no idea. I'm like, man, I thought I was eating so many healthy fats, but like my saturated fat is pretty high. Like, and we need that, but also not to overtake the good fats. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that's something that so many people don't even think about. We, yeah. we don't think about omega threes and omega sixes and right. we're, we're just told to stay away from omega sixes, but yeah. we actually do need them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need, um, I know peanut butter has all the different fats, but like it has a lot of omega sixes and I'm like, I love my peanut butter and I know you do too. So I'm like, I know yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> actually just cut it out today. I told my coach because <laughs> I'm three weeks out from my first competition and yeah. like I, the peanut butter has to go. Like, <laughs> it, it has to. I saw your sticky note where you're like, peanut butter is not going to solve your problems or whatever. Oh my gosh. It it is on my mirror right now because (laughs) I love that. It's my (laughs) go-to. Well, thinking about that though, like that is something you instilled into your life to, you know, develop your mindset, stay on track, stay disciplined. So what are some of the mindset practices that you use? Because all of this is great that we just talked about fitness wise. But if you're not implementing it well or being disciplined enough, like it can just all be thrown away. So what are some of the habits and like discipline areas and mindset that you use for this? So many things. Um, I really have gotten into personal development a lot when I started kind of just diving into more of my mindset. I started off with doing 75 hard by Andy Mm -hmm. Frisella. And that really switched my mindset of you can do whatever you set your mind to and doing those hard things. So not even so much of filling my mind with things. It's like proving to myself that I can do hard things Mm -hmm. was my first game changer. Um, and then to keep that going, it's just filling myself, my cup up daily. It's the, the mindset of, daily journaling, mm-hmm. kind of like what we did on the retreat where it's like every single morning where we're diving into the deep stuff and just yeah. kind of getting that out there, starting your day like that really sets you up to tackle whatever is going to come. Um, and also kind of having the mindset of if I made this promise to myself, I'm going to follow through with it. Mm. Once I started doing that, that started building my confidence. And the more that you like put into that confidence jar the more you're just going to find that this is, this is what you do. You just do it. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. And it's really comes down to just like developing, you know, the discipline around the areas and not letting your feelings take over. If you're like, Oh, I'm just not feeling it this morning or today. And it's just like, Nope. Like you have a goal. And in order to reach that, you have to just push that aside. Yes, exactly. And I think focusing on your habits, as well. Like your, oh, your yeah. just your daily habits and making your water a habit, your yeah. the gym a habit. That's gonna make it so much easier for you. Exactly. So true. And you know, and it takes time as well. It's like mm-hmm. one, having grace on yourself if you do mess up a little bit in the beginning because you're just starting, having grace on yourself, not like beating yourself up over it. And then two, as you continue to do it, the easier it's going to get. And the more you're going to realize like, wow, I'm seeing these gains. I'm seeing, you know, I'm having a better attitude of like, I feel better. And it's going to make all the difference in order to push you to continue to do it. All righty. Now to end this off, Becky, I'd love to know all the answers to your rapid fire questions. So the first question I have for you is what books are you reading right now? And knowing you're a reader, this is going to be really valuable. Well, yeah. I know one of them, but <laughs> <laughs> one of them is winning by Tim Grover. Um, I am also, I'm looking at my stack of books. I read a novel at the end of, mm-hmm. of like bedtime. Um, so I am reading wedded in war 
which mm-hmm. is about like it's a civil war. I, I like historical fiction. Yeah. And then life's healing practices is another one that I'm kind of diving into. I believe nice. is the title. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So you're you're a multi-book reader. <laughs> I am. I, I always have stacks and it's so bad because I kind of flip around, but yeah. Hey, whatever works. I'm literally doing the same thing right now too. So are you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next question I have for you is what is your favorite food? Oh, peanut butter. (laughs) I I knew what you were going to say. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I won't say it for her, but (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, it's peanut butter right now. Like one track mine. That's awesome. (laughs) And what's your definition of intentional living? Ooh, a good one. (laughs) I think showing up every single day with a purpose. And Mm -hmm. even though we're not going to always get that right, I can write my, I write my intentions every single day. So one of them is I am focused. So I go in with the intention of being focused, even though I might not stay focused the whole day, I am showing up and really being present in Mm -hmm. the moments that are coming to me. I, I don't know. It's just really showing up and, um, showing up with a purpose. It's totally. probably, I think that's so, so important. Like knowing your why behind what you're doing, what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And your why behind everything. So mm-hmm. if it's taking your kids to trombone after this and yeah. not yelling at them as they're fighting mm-hmm. with each other, just those little moments are what's going to add mm-hmm. up to an intentional life. Totally love that. The next one is what is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination that you have? Ooh, a dream destination is Ireland. We, we actually have family in Ireland that I would love to oh, like so cool. be able to go see. Yeah. Um, and a favorite vacation was Hawaii. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to go and I'm chomping at the bit because yeah. I've been having the itch to travel and it's just been popping up a lot. And I have a lot of friends going, I'm like, man, I would love to go right now. (laughs) See, it's a sign. A lot of friends are going, so you have to go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll just tag along. Yeah. And then the last one I have for you is how can listeners connect with you, Becky? Yeah. Um, probably the best way is going to be on my Instagram. So that is just Becky.flowers. And that's pretty much where I hang out. Mostly I'm trying, people say that I should start a YouTube, especially prep and yeah. All of that. So I'm trying to expand, but it's really there. Yeah. That's awesome. Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes for everyone. Highly encourage you guys to connect with Becky because she's just so real and authentic. And Becky, it was such an honor to have you on and for you to share your wisdom and your life and what's going on. So thank you. No, thank you so much. This is fun. It was so good to see you again. 